0: Smelled alcohol on your breath. Well, I I have not had a drink. You haven't had a drink, so that's not. No. So I I just because it is the talk out there. Again, I know it's awkward. Let me just get give you the questions you can uh, categorize. No, you haven't had a drink today. My answer is no. I have not. Anything else? No. 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 Besides my meds. Okay. Antidepressants. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, that's okay.
2: Aaron Burnett on CNN interviewing some dude named Nunberg we had never heard of before. We were going to give you Nunberg, but we decided to give you. Sumberg. <laughs> we're going to have a little funberg.
3: <laughs>
1: if Lady. you don't
2: like it, you guys can runberg. <laughs> Ladies and
1: gentlemen, entering this. Circus of Idiocy is Jay Cost, the contributing editor at the Weekly Standard, and author of A Republic, No More: Big Government and the Rise of American Political Corruption, and more stuff soon. We hope because Jay Cost is uh, is the best. Hello, Jay, how are you, sir?
4: I'm great. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're all
1: right. We're in our usual state of mixed amusement, disgust, and bewilderment at the
2: world. but Very, yeah. d- very disappointed a... in the Bachelor finale, so we're trying to <laughs> trying to handle that.
4: Well, it's quite a time to be alive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it is. Why don't, why
1: don't we start with uh, a political, operative, and obscure character, mostly Sam Nunberg, who was the, uh, the source of feverish attention by the new cable news media for about a cup of coffee yesterday.
4: Yeah, you know, I, I didn't watch any of the interviews until after the fact, but I watched them, uh, the the blue checkmark brigade on Twitter. Um, and they just, those journalists who claim to be nonpartisan, but when they tweet enough, you, you you figure out what's going on. And it was just amazing to watch them. It was almost like, a pack of wolves descending upon a weakling. Anyway, it, it was just despicable to be to be perfectly honest.
2: Hey, what, what what was the, what did you despise about it? The fact that it was one sided, or
4: no? The fact that the guy has no. What what was the newsworthiness of this beside the spectacle of it? Just some some person having a breakdown on television, and and not only that. I mean, it's one thing to do one interview, right? Because I, I think his first in- interview was on MSNBC, and it was a total train wreck. And then he dialed up like four more interviews. And why? What? what why did we need to spend a whole day with this guy if it was just pure? Spectacle. Watch this human being have a, a mental breakdown on television. So you on, you on think so called news.
1: You think it's pretty clear that this guy is having a, 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 some sort of uh, psychological emotional problems.
4: Yeah, and he was doing damage to himself from a legal perspective as well. And they're just handing him a microphone, saying, you know, you know, hey, go ahead, agitate Robert Mueller even more, please.
2: Well, I'll tell you what is going on, and one of the reasons I mentioned The Bachelor. The entire country has become a reality show, with Donald Trump as the star of it, and everything is involved. The Oscars on Sunday night, this all day long, yesterday, it's just another little wrinkle in the reality show, with the cameras behind the scene, and another character is introduced for a day, and just it's that's it. And it doesn't even have to necessarily mean anything, I guess. I'm not enjoying this reality show, I don't want to participate, but it seems to be what's going on.
4: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you'd think that with 330 million people in this country, we could collectively find something more interesting or substantive to, you know, focus on than one long, long former Trump campaign aide having an um, emotional breakdown on television.
1: Yeah, amen. Jay Koss, Contributing Editor at the Weekly Standard is online, which is one of the themes of this program, that just because cable news is shouting at you that this is important and exciting and our hair is on fire doesn't mean it's so quite uh, often the contrary. So, anyway, so much for Mr. Nunberg. I hope he gets the uh, the help he needs because I think he probably has a bipolar problem. Um, Something. Yeah, yeah. So, listen, uh, among the topics I know that you have on your mind is You know, the retirement of Mississippi, is it, Uh, Senator Thad Cochran, but in general, because, you know, we're not going to drill down on, you know, all all the states in the union, but is it just my perception or have there been a hell of a lot of retirements and I won't run against this election cycle?
4: Yeah, there have been, which is pretty typical when, you know, look, the Republicans are facing a tough election and a lot of older members, especially members who are like committee chairmen, but Republicans have term limits on committee chairmanship, so a lot of them are like, oh, forget this, I don't want to be in Congress anymore. Thad Cochran's a little different, though, because, I mean, he's, he's in ill health and has been uh, for a while, so it's been expected for a while that he was going to you know, step down at some point, but not because he's worried about reelection, just because he's 80 years old. Uh, and what's interesting about this race, too, is it sets up uh, two elections in Mississippi. Uh, and there's a, a sort of a gadfly, hyper conservative uh, state senator, Chris McDaniel, who nearly toppled Thad Cochran in the 2014, um, in the 2014 Miss- Mississippi primary. And now he's Right now, he's committed to running against Roger Wicker, the junior senator from Mississippi. Uh, but with uh, Cochran retiring, he might just toss into that open primary that they're going to have in November. So would be would
2: that be a seat that it looks like then to you it will move further to the right? Because uh, in California, you got Dianne Feinstein. She may lose, and it'll move further to the left.
4: Yeah, that's, that's probably true. And it would be a major headache for the Republican leadership. Because McDaniel it would be a guy who's just not going to play nice. Um, and I also think the leadership would probably be sweating the results a little bit similar to alabama i don 't think i don 't think that McDaniel would lose uh, in Mississippi, but I think that uh, they 'd have to spend money to get him over the finish line, and then he 'd come to washington d c and just pretty much bite the hand that feeds him, which you know is sort of a a thing, a thing in politics, of
1: course. Yeah. It's all a matter of um, style, though. Is he is he his own man with uh, conservative beliefs uh, that aren't being fulfilled by the party, or is he Roy Moore? <laughs> he's,
4: he's, well, he's kind of um, uh, he's he's sort of in the Ted Cruz universe of political beliefs, but then he has had a level of comfort with. Um, white nationalist groups. It's a little no. worrisome, I think,
3: yeah. from, a, well,
4: from a leadership perspective. But
2: again, just keeping this kind of a general conversation, it, it seems to me you got you got ancient people either retiring and being replaced by somebody more extreme in their own party um, uh, uh, regularly. Is that is that what we want? <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean, look, that's a big problem with primaries, to be perfectly honest, is that who participates in primaries, the diehards, you know, most Americans don't vote in primaries, it's just the people who are really intense about politics. And that's how you get these candidates who reflect the views of these intense primary voters. But are they really reflective of the views of the country at large? You know,
2: I don't think so. God, where are we going? Where is this all headed? you have any idea?
4: <laughs> yeah, um, I think it was Bismarck that said that God has a special providence for drunks, fools in the United States of America. So I think we'll be fine.
2: I hope you're right. <laughs> it, it certainly doesn't feel that way right now.
4: Jay Cost- no, it does. It never does. But you know, look, the United States has perfected the art of muddling along. We've been doing this for centuries. There's no grand sweep to the American story. I mean, we think there is because we think the Revolution and then the Civil War and World War II. But we forget like there's 80 years in between all those periods where we just pretty much muddled along. Right. <laughs> and right. That's, I think that's what we're going to keep muddling along. And in 80 years, people will be like, oh, what are we doing? And then somebody will say, we'll muddle through. And that's what we do. You know, it's uh, funny.
1: That really uh, dovetails nicely with the the abuse I've been heaping on the uh, oh, my God, Trump is Hitler, we're all doomed crowd. Uh, did you, please, not only is Donald Trump not capable of subverting all that is good and decent in America, you can't get anything done. So how are you going to pull off this master plan of, of uh, upending the Constitution and running for a fifth term and suspending the free press? Hell, you can't even get uh, the, the immigration reform done.
4: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's ironic, too, because these are the same people, you know, on the progressive left that have celebrated time and time again when Barack Obama unilaterally expanded the power of the president. And now they're suddenly worried about tyranny. You know, if we go back to a... Properly constitutional view of the president, where he can't just make the, really like Obama and the DACA thing, like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna make the law because Congress can't, won't do it. Like that's not in the Constitution. After saying 22
1: times he can't legally, right?
4: Yeah, exactly. You know, just make it up as you go along. You know, And, and maybe for the long term health of the country, maybe it makes sense to have a president who's not quite as powerful, so we don't have to worry about tyrants.
1: Amen amen to that oh that reminds me i meant to throw this in earlier in the show as long as i'm abusing my friends on the left um it's it, uh, i've said many times how how quaint and delightful it is that now that trump's in office running up deficits they're suddenly fiscal hawks and uh and also it turns out my friends on the left are free traders all of a sudden yeah. that trump has suggested tariffs on stealing a aluminum. i tell you what it's a comedy hey did you watch the oscars here tonight
4: uh, I did, yeah. I, I sort of tuned in and out, but yeah, I, I watched. I watched enough to know what they were trying to. They, they're not big fans of me, personally. I think is is the message that I got. Living in flyover country.
1: Well, not uh, only that, but you're stupid and evil.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, my favorite part was when they sort of slid the whole times up thing with the Harvey Weinstein thing into like a shot at Mike Pence. I just thought that was really clever how they did that, sort of like alighting their own complicity by taking a gratuitous shot at the vice president. I thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty gutsy actually. I was, I, I admired it in a kind of in a kind of just sheer, uh, you know, we don't care kind of way.
2: Yeah, it's like
1: uh, admiring uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker in the Batman movies. Yeah, exactly. An amazing villain.
2: You know that is an interesting way to put it. I get that sense too. For like, I still watch Saturday Night Live, but I get the sense that they don't care if I stop watching because you know yeah. they they don't care if I if I feel like I'm being insulted every single Saturday night. And you yeah, know, at you some know, point, you, you say, like, "All right, you don't want me, I'm out."
4: Yeah network television used to be like the Ed Sullivan uh, Ed Sullivan show, right? There was something for everything, Everybody. There was something for the kids, there was something for the grown-ups. But now, you know, as I think as network ratings have declined, they're just currying with a currying favor with a certain demographic segment that I clearly am not part of because yeah. I have the wrong political beliefs.
1: Right, and it might be successful for a time. I don't love it as a long-term strategy, but uh, goodbye. I'm out. Goodbye. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Well, listen, we don't have a lot of Antifa members listening to this show either, because (laughs) you know we're not uh, welcoming to them. So fair enough. Jay Koss, contributing editor of the Weekly Standard. If you get a chance, pick up a copy of "A Republic, No More: Big Government and the Rise of American Political Corruption." Don't. Didn't you say you have a project in the pipeline, Jay? Something you're working on?
4: I do. I have a new book coming out in June. Uh, it's called uh, "The Price of Greatness: James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and the Creation of American Oligarchy."
2: Oh boy, I like the sound of that. Oh. And, yeah,
4: it's like a, it's a sequel to the Hamilton musical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm, I'm we, kidding. I'm we kidding. had an author friend of ours on the other day, and immediately he shot up to number 632 on the Amazon list. So yeah. wow, <laughs> yeah, there you go. You might want to come on yeah we... book,
1: book your slot now. <laughs> Absolutely, Jay Cost. Hey, Jay, it's always great to catch up. Thanks, man.
4: My pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, see ya.
2: Where does she live? I'm not going to say. It's a secret. Witness protection. Gotcha. Um, we are going to hit on the Bachelor. Not literally. Odd end the Even to though he it. is gay. <laughs> what? Allegedly. Um, odd end to the Bachelor, but. If you the- hit on him, he'd probably go for it. We had. A listener, explain the kind of people who watch The Bachelor. I thought it was pretty damn good. brilliant analysis of the
1: the multi-layered appeal of The Bachelor.
2: So he gave the rose to the final girl and booted the other one off, then changed his mind later is the way it turned out. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That makes you look extra crazy. Uh, Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Armstrong and Getty. The
1: conscience of the nation.
4: After he left, I went through all the motions. I was sad. I stayed in L.A. for a few days and cried for probably four days straight and um, grieved the loss of that relationship and the future that I thought we were going to have. I am angry at times. I feel betrayed a lot of the time just because I feel like I was lied to for so long. Yeah, it's because you were. Uh, that's
2: from The Bachelor. And Then she
1: pressed her head in two inches on each side.
2: He chose her. He, he ended up with the two most normal people in the crew, no doubt about it. But he chose her to marry and then changed his mind. Oh! I don't know if he was thinking about that one thing that other chick could do or what. For I don't know what was going on there. But... So she got the rose and then had it yanked away.
1: Unbelievable.
2: So I don't know why I keep doing this. Apparently I have to justify the existence of The Bachelor,
1: or your viewership of it, occasionally.
2: Um, right. Mm. So, what do highly educated people watch? Bachelor finishes under the sixth among highly educated people. That's people with four plus years of college. Top ten. Uh, it's top ahead. six it's according to some. Two slots ahead of sixty minutes. <laughs> and then for uh, high income people, people that have a household income over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, it uh, finishes first.
1: And again, that's a national figure. If you yeah. live in a coastal city in the West, you know, call it two hundred and fifty k.
2: Yeah, it finishes first for that crowd. That's for whatever reason something. And then this article out today from uh, High Bachelor Nation from a book called Bachelor Nation, and it's about how the producers figure out when each of the contestants' cycle is, and when when it's their, their lady cycle. When when it's their lady time, and they could most take advantage of their, you know how emotional they are, along with plying them with wine. Well, that is that is an anecdote from the book. I think it is disingenuous to say the book is about that. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's not. It's not eight chapters about that particular maneuver. One of many maneuvers. Can I hear one more clip from the
1: show? I love it. I just love it because I don't watch it, and so it's so exciting. What do we have? Anything? Something? Anything?
4: This morning, I woke up. And I thought about you, and I thought about you and our kids together. I thought about us when we were old. And I choose you today, but I choose you every day from here on out. I love you so much. I love you.
2: (laughs) Becca, will you marry me? Of course. (laughs) And by every day, I mean Tuesday. And that's the chick he dumped days later. Yes. (laughs) Yes. All right. You know, I was thinking about that relationship-wise. This is something I will uh, teach my kids because it's just—it's absolutely true. Sometimes when uh, relationships go bad, it, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It could be a work relationship. It could be a friendship. It could be anything like that. But sometimes you got to recognize that what you're what you're really hurt is that the the person you are into doesn't exist. They're somebody different than you thought. Ah, so it's wow. not like they changed or you're go- you could get them back. They never existed. Mm. You're hurt that, you know, a non-existent person no longer is into you. Wow, that's wisdom there. I'm not, not sure I don't, I've
1: ever heard that expressed that way. I'm not way. sure it
2: helps any. Because, you know, you thought they were X, and it turns out they're not. Again, your boss, your friend, or, you know, who you're married to, or whatever. Your reality show co contestant I guess well, what, what <laughs> it helps if you don't, for pi- you don't pine for the return. You can't pine right. for the return of something that never was real.
1: Well, right, yeah. I think that it's helpful in that regard. You can move on, which is painful and, and scarring and the rest of it. But once you move on, you're glad you did.
2: But so you were all in love with Ari and you're grieving for it and everything like that. He's a nut job, clearly. Right. Right. And you didn't know that. So Colin in D.C. with his brilliant analysis
1: of The Bachelor. The three levels of enjoyment when it comes to The Bachelor from Colin. Level one, people who think it's real, also known as the soft head level of enjoyment. (laughs) Level two, people who understand it's fake but appreciate it as sort of professional wrestling style spectacle. Mm -hmm. Totally get that. Level 3, people who grasp that it is actually a sadistic social experiment engineered by producers who are genuinely evil misanthropes taking revenge on every pretty person who was ever mean to them. Level 3 viewers revel in watching attractive people who have never heard the word no in their lives get pumped full of alcohol and put into artificial constructs where they have to navigate experiencing diversity adversity for the first time in their charmed lives, all on camera. The contestants who know it's a farce think they're in on this joke, when in reality, the show is a meta-farce and the joke is actually on them. <laughs> yep. It's a truly glorious thing.
2: And that is true. They yes. think they're in on the joke, but they're they're not at the level that they think.
1: And they are so self-obsessed that it hasn't occurred to them from the previous seasons.
2: And I'm not proud of this, but watching hot women who've never been dumped in their whole lives get dumped, I get enjoyment out of. That makes me a bad person. Nah. But uh, there's an appeal. Nobody's ever said no to you, have they? Your whole life. And now you're
4: blubbering and half (laughs) drunk.
2: What's coming up in your news, Marshall?
0: Well, U.S. officials very wary about word that North Korea is willing to deal away its nukes. we got a number of areas thinking about declaring themselves marijuana sanctuary cities and states. And why are people attacking self-driving
2: cars? Stories coming up. Like physically attacking the Physically attacking. Punch it right in the bumper. Yep. On the way on the Armstrong Community Show. Here's an interesting stat. When you think about scams, financial scams out there, generally you think about old people getting taken advantage of. It's uh, millennials, uh, almost twice as much as the old, getting ripped off in various scams, financial scams. So, watch out for that, I guess. It doesn't say which particular scams. I don't know if it's right. the, I'm the prince and just won the lottery. If you send the me 10000 three
1: nuts to- with a little ball under it. they move <laughs> it real
2: fast and you never get it right. I don't know. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, pretty much
0: wait and see. Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats among U.S. leaders not getting all that worked up about talks between North and South Korea. Hope springs eternal, but we need to learn a lot more relative to these talks. Now today, officials from the South said North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un is willing to begin negotiations with the U.S. on abandoning its nuclear weapons program. Responding to the news for his part, President Trump tweeted that possible progress is being made on North Korea for the first time in many years. And again, sort of a, we'll have to wait and see. Now, the question about North Korea is bound to come up during the president's presser today.
2: That's going to be at 1230 West Coast. Must see or must listen to an event as far as I'm concerned.
0: Now, we've got some breaking news coming down this morning. U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is going to make major sanctuary jurisdiction announcements in Sacramento tomorrow at the 26th Annual Law Enforcement Legislative Day. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's all we know about it so far. But uh, anyway, he will be in the uh, California Capitol uh, talking about that, hosted by the California Peace Officers Association. Book the little man, Hanson. Let's get the A.G.
1: on the Armstrong and Getty Show. A.G. meets A.N.G. That's how we'll bill it.
0: There you go. Officials in some states that have legalized marijuana but are wary of a potential federal crackdown from the Attorney General's Justice Department are taking a page from the immigration battle and considering giving sanctuary status to licensed pot businesses barring local authorities from cooperating with the feds in enforcing anti-marijuana laws. Berkeley, California, which was the first city in the country to declare itself a sanctuary city on immigration, last month did the same for marijuana businesses. You've got lawmakers in California, Alaska, Massachusetts all considering doing the same thing. So we will just not cooperate with the feds when, uh, you know, the doors are kicked in. That happens. And SpaceX is celebrating its 50th successful launch of its Falcon 9 rocket. Launch happened last night in Cape Canaveral. Rocket took off. Carrying a communication satellite, CEO Elon Musk, compared to the size of a city bus. This is the largest satellite SpaceX has ever launched.
2: And is it just gonna float through space as kind of an experiment or yeah. is it gonna do something?
0: Oh the satellite? It's a communication
2: yeah. satellite. Yeah. Okay. I reckon
0: it'll communicate. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Floating around
1: doing it's all not literally of... a city bus this time. <laughs>
0: no, no. There's not a there's not a uh, dummy driver. Just in as there. big as one. And one problem with self driving cars is people who hate them. The L.A. Times reports that the six out of six crash reports filed in California so far this year two involved a person actually physically attacking a robot car.
2: You know, I hadn't thought about this, but getting back to the companies that have had to do away with their guarantee policies because scumbags take advantage of them. You know, the, the, the driverless cars uh, going around as a, like a taxi to pick you up that I've kind of been dreaming of. Will scumbags ruin that?
1: Intentionally, like, steer right in front of it so it can't avoid the collision? Yeah, just
2: throwing rocks through the window or whatever.
1: God, I... The depth of idiocy uh, knows no bounds, so yeah, probably. I don't know.
0: Both the incidents <clears throat> happened in San Francisco. On January 2nd, a vehicle was waiting for pedestrians to cross the street when a man ran up and struck its left rear, damaging a tail light. And on January 28th, a robotic vehicle with a human driving driving uh, driving it had stopped behind a taxi when the taxi driver got out and started beating on the window. People just randomly attacking the car Welcome to San
1: Francisco. <laughs>
0: God. It's uh, driven by a ghost.
2: There's a ghost in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and one last note, Russ Solomon, the founder of Tower Records, is dead at the age of 92. Tower Records dubbed the first nationwide record supermarket. Solomon died in his hometown of Sacramento on Sunday. He was reportedly watching the Academy Awards. He was uh, actually complaining about uh, what somebody was wearing on the show. He thought it was ugly. The he (laughs) asked his wife, Patty, would you refill my whiskey? So she left to go refill his whiskey. When she came back, he had passed.
1: Wow. The Oscars killed him. Clearly. Russ Clearly. So after the Tower Records uh, went worldwide, globally, yes, um, and then you know the the coming of digital music ruined it. Uh, it all shut down, and Russ and his wife opened a little record store back in Sacramento. And sold LPs to people who wanted them. Right. He was that into music. Right. Right. Very really interesting so. guy. I happened to uh, be a part of a handful of fundraisers where he was really active in raising money to fight Parkinson's disease because one of his partners in the business, who I knew, well, had Parkinson's. So. Gotcha. He's a good man.
0: Really liked Russ. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the
2: conscience of the nation. And does the Oscars have a conscience that they're killing people with their broadcast? So annoying. So, not? so annoying you're, you're, you're in your later years of your life, and you think, I just don't even want to be alive watching this. Right. We probably ought to run a disclaimer on the screen. <laughs> reading more about this guy. So earlier I said that the first music I ever bought was from a Tower Records. It turns out it was from the location that he first opened up. It was his first location that he made go. the Tower Records. Yeah. I bought my first music do you from know, there. Do you know what the album was? Uh, it, was a, it was a Beatles cassette. There you go. Yeah. Can't go wrong. I I didn't start buying CDs until I got into my Weird Al Yankovic stage. Which Beatles (laughs) album did you buy? Do you know? I believe it was Rubber Soul. Mm. Fine choice. choice, I wanted a Beatles album. I think it might have been the first album I ever bought. And I lived in the middle of nowhere. And there was one store that had like five total albums in it. And they had a copy of the White Album, which I didn't know what any of the songs were on it. And it was pretty disappointing because it didn't have any of the hits that I'd heard before. <laughs> number nine, number nine. Yeah, it's no way to live. That was this. He <laughs> said to himself, "Yeah, why is this so popular?" For my part, the petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
2: Four special forces soldiers that were killed in Niger gets more complicated trying to figure out what they were doing there and who knew they were there and what the mission is and why they didn't have any backup and was it authorized at all and all that sort of stuff. So maybe more on that tomorrow. There's a new report out.
1: That situation is uh, duplicated in quite a few African countries right now or Mm -hmm. very similar situations. So, you know, it's funny, Michael, playing that, coming back, I can't can't swear to it, but I think one of the first albums I might have bought might have been the uh, the Beatles the, the Red Album, Blue Album, the Greatest Hits package. That's what I wanted, which was what you wanted, and instead you got you know Honey Pie and Revolution Number Nine back in the USSR. Poor boy.
2: That was very. Oh, confused. there were a lot
1: of great songs on that
2: album, but that's not what I was looking for. I no. wanted I want to hold your hand.
1: Right, right. You didn't get it, did no, you? No, I didn't. All right. Speaking of art, this is funny. This comes only two days after the annoying, annoying Oscars. Today is the twentieth anniversary. Of this unimpeachable, unmitigated, celebrated work of genius being unleashed on the American people. It, it uh, premiered 20 years ago today.
3: Are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Well, wait, wait let, me, let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, That or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, el duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Uh, Are you employed, sir? Employed? (laughs) You don't go out looking for a job dressed like that, do you? On a weekday? Is this a... What day is this? Well, I do work, sir. So if you don't mind... No, well, I do mind. Uh, the dude minds. This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man. I mean, your wife owes me. My wife th- is not the issue here. I hope that someday my wife will learn to live on her allowance, which is ample. But if she does not, that is her problem, not mine. Just as a rug is your problem. Just as every bumslot in life is his own responsibility, regardless of who he chooses to blame. I cannot solve your problem, sir. Only you can. Oh, Oh. yes, that's your answer. That's your answer to everything. Tattoo it on your forehead. Your revolution is over, Mr. Lebowski. Condolences. The bomb's lost. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, sir.
2: The Big Lebowski. 20 years ago today, Oh, it's perfect. I think my life would be
1: roughly 10% less rich if that movie didn't exist.
2: I know. I came across uh, some posts on some site this morning. Uh, Where are they now, Big Lebowski? And I flipped through like 20 characters to see what they look like now. <laughs> I mean, who spends their time on that? I do. How's Bunny looking? <laughs> <laughs> I have a
0: confession, and I've never seen this movie. Oh, my God. You would Come love on it. Over. Oh, you Michael. would love it.
2: It's It's that kind oh, of a Michael. movie. Oh my god. You know, I yeah. saw, I probably saw it I might have seen it ten years after it came out. I was completely unaware of it. I just happened to cross it one time and I and I started watching. I thought this is freaking awesome. Right. Right. How have I never heard of this or yeah. seen it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well either
2: and I was you either
1: love it or you don't get it, I'd imagine. It's one of those movies. I was
2: completely unaware that Jeff Bridges was, you know capable of that yeah and now it's impossible for me to see him yes, as anything else exactly. and he knows he it
1: and he's fine with it yeah which makes you love the movie even more
2: because he was you know he was the lead in uh in in romantic dramas sure. in my youth the handsome suave very serious actor mm-hmm. and then he was in the big lebowski you know, with his b- gut hanging out in his T-shirt and <laughs> Stained white <road> T-shirt, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, El Dutorino If you're not into the whole brevity thing, right? It's like just your opinion, if. man. Which is one of the greatest lines in the history of movies. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> yeah, if we get started, we will not stop. So I urge everyone to stop quoting The Big Lebowski.
2: I am going to kick your bleep and bleep. Okay, that's like just your opinion, man. <laughs> I mean, what is a funnier response than that? <laughs>
1: He's a pederast, dude. (laughs) All right. So we've started.
2: We've started. Uh, So rent it if you haven't seen it.
1: Yeah. It's a fine movie. It's what they say. So it was only uh, yesterday that Marshall entertained us with a chilling story of being confronted by turkeys. Now, Story is a bit generous because nothing happened. So to call
2: this story hey, is, hey, is hey, really, hey, hey. really threatening.
0: Honestly,
1: the turkey looked at him, as I recall.
0: Surrounded the car, surrounded the car, advanced on me, mm-hmm. but Be- beaks why, blazing. Why didn't you just drive? <laughs> you were in a two
1: thousand pound automobile. Like other locations in the East Bay, the John Muir Clinic on Grant Street in Concord has seen around a dozen turkeys, aggressive, aggressive turkeys, uh, menacing the patients. Hmm. We've tried to deal with this, and we're at the point where they need to be trapped and removed, said one uh, official.
2: Uh, We need to put our patients and staff first. Why did one look at you? (laughs) I hit one in flight with my car, and it took out my whole headlights. That was was like an $800... uh deal but it was delicious and uh if they came into my property and were causing any problems they would meet the mossberg which is a 12 gauge shotgun Mm. and they would also be delicious a
1: group of turkeys is called anybody anybody oh i know this i'm supposed to know this
2: we're
0: supposed to say flock no that is incorrect give us the first letter r
2: a rasher a rasher of turkeys it's close. That's bacon. It's a rafter of turkey. Oh, no, that's close. Rafter. There you go. Didn't know that. Rafter. Right. Who there came up go. with that, all that stuff? That's just dumb. According to Everything's John... Everything's a bunch. That's a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> John Muir's director
1: of corporate... Yeah, who did a murder of crows? Shut up. Stop yeah. trying to be clever. A crash of rhinos. <laughs> yeah, Stop it. On. John Muir's director of corporate communications, Ben Drew, says people have been feeding the birds, and as a result... They've been around more than a year, scratching cars and defecating around the hospital. Scratching and defecating. That's pretty much my afternoons. (laughs) The the turkeys are are threatening patients and staff coming up to people as they get out of their cars, he told SFGate. People have been trapped in their cars with birds pecking at the door.
2: Are any of them jive turkeys? (laughs) Doesn't say. A 70s reference. And now, final thoughts with Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty on the Armstrong and Getty radio program. Thank you very much. Here's your host, Joe Getty.
1: Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody. It's what we do, Marshall Phillips. You, menaced by the turkeys, your final thought.
0: I'm heading off for a glutal exam. My hindquarters have been acting up for days. A result of my renewed training program for the Armstrong <laughs> and Getty Push Up Challenge.
2: Well, uh, <laughs> odds makers are not taking bets at this time. <laughs>
1: How you damaged your arse doing push-ups is beyond me, but I'm no You're physician. You're doing
2: them wrong. Positive, Sean, your final thought. Yeah, sometimes there's a line at the uh, the lunchroom in the in the break room here at the Radio Ranch to use the toaster. And in the back of my mind, I just want to scream out, none of you would even have a toaster if it wasn't for me. That's right. Get me my toast in that toaster. You brought that toaster. I'd forgotten. This exists because of me. You Do ought I to get a a thank you from anybody? No. You ought
1: to have a reserved space. Yes, I should. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Michelangelo, final thought. Uh, Bachelor
0: Nation, I know you're disappointed and hurting this morning. We all are but just take the life lessons and love that you learned from the show and use them to better your daily life. Bachelor Nation, we
2: may be down today, but we can get up. Be strong.
1: Wow, that's beautiful. Uh, Jack, do you have a final thought for us?
2: This is a real test of my will today. It's National Oreo Day, so there's a ton of free Oreos in the lunchroom. Do I end up eating an Oreo just because it's there? I mean, they're always available for purchase for like a dollar. It's not, you know, it's not the lack of opportunity, but they're just there right. and free. And all I got to do is stick up hand. will I eat them? You don't want to waste them. Right.
1: Right. This is a uh, a major test for you, Jack. I wish you well. So my final thought is stolen from com, and it will probably be the final note on the Oscars. Uh, this has to do with Jimmy Kimmel, the host. Uh, do you remember the man show? Here's your headline. Man who got famous showing scantily clad women bouncing on trampolines lectures nation on sexual propriety.
2: That is amazing that he started the show by saying, hey, bring it. Speak from the heart. People are saying you shouldn't talk. Say whatever. you want. So th- his view and maybe that of the producers and a lot of the people in the crowd is we need to do more of this. We need to do more of the political speeches at these shows. That's fine. I mean, you get to. It
1: could be the only way to save their arse. They'll never recapture the glory of everybody watching, but maybe they'll have a hardcore progressive audience that sticks with them. Could be. Years to come. Yeah.
2: I wish ye well. Armstrong and Getty rabbiting about another grueling four
1: hour workday. Go and never darken my towels again. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to Armstrong and Getty Radio. I'm sorry, ArmstrongandGetty.com. Drop us a line, let us know if there's something we ought to be talking about, or share your thoughts, your deepest, deepest thoughts.
2: I'm probably off to get an Oreo or three. See you tomorrow. God bless America.
4: This is a historic act uh,
1: of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us.
3: Big mistake, but not too bad.
0: I have smelled alcohol on your breath.
1: Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.